Did you know that Pringles once had a lawsuit trying to prove that they weren't really potato chips? We've got crazy facts and more coming up. We got lots of info. Let's rock and roll. It's Digital with Rhino. Hello and welcome to this episode of Did You Know with Rhino. I'm Rhino. This is my show. I know exactly what you're thinking. Once you pop, the fun really doesn't stop. In today's episode, we're going to have lots of fun, and you might even learn something. So without further ado, let's do this. You know, in this show, we talk about all sorts of crazy stuff and randomness, but we don't really do it alone. So today, we'll be graced with a special guest. And our guest this week is my beautiful wife, Rachel O. Hello, darling. How are you? I am doing awesome for a Monday. Is it a Monday? Or a fun day. Right on. <laughs> So we're going to have lots of fun in this episode, so what we're going to do right now is open up the mailbox of doom. Boom, boom, boom. It's where we go deep into our mailboxes and attempt to discover answers to all sorts of weird and intriguing questions that may exist. So if you have a question, you can reach us at didyouknowryano at gmail.com or on Twitter at didyouknowryano or on Facebook at didyouknowwithryano. Uh, so, on Twitter, the last episode, we asked you, on average, how much sleep do you get a night? Rachel, how much sleep do you think you get a night? Um, I'm going to say probably anywhere from five and a half to seven hours of sleep a night. Which is awesome. Most people said that they get between five and seven. Some said they get between seven and nine. I'm jealous of everyone. I get five. I'm jealous of people that actually get to sleep because I've had dreams every night since like a year and I feel like I wake up exhausted because I'm running around in my dreams. That's terrifying and scary. We all wish that we could have a great night's sleep, but sometimes, sadly, we cannot. And so it might be those scary creatures that we think of in the middle of the night that may even live under the sea. Speaking of awkward forced segues, uh, on Facebook page, we asked you what your favorite sea creature was, and we got all sorts of interesting answers. We got the flame angelfish, a lionfish, narwhals. Someone even said me. They, they said that I was their favorite sea creature. You are Aquaman or Aqua Boy. I'll take it. Uh, they also said stingrays, angelfish, and belugas. What's your favorite sea creature? Uh, I love stingrays because I love to touch them at a place called SeaWorld, or I've also been to other places where you can touch stingrays. But I also love octopus because they're really smart and really cool. My favorite would be sea turtles. Sea turtles. Because they're smart and live for forever and are beautiful creatures. They are very pretty. I also love orcas because I grew up with Free Willy and Free Willy was the best movie ever when I was a kid. Free Willy was different than the movie Orca about the killer whale that's basically trying to eat people like Jaws. Or Cujo. <laughs> <laughs> so that takes us out of the mailbox of doom and puts us into the episode proper, starting with the word of the week, which is ironic because we record any other week. Anyways, um, so this week is actually going to be a part of a word. Um, so where do you think, Rachel, that the, the part Rama means or comes from? As in um, diorama or as in like um, 
panorama or all sorts of fancy things. Where do you think it comes from? I'm going to say maybe Greece. You are correct. It, it, is, uh, it is from Greek, from orama, which means a sight, spectacle, which or awesomeness that can be seen. Um, also, you get the sight, view, or spectacular display from 1824 from panorama which derives from Greek as well. So yeah, it's all Greek to me. All Greek to me too. <laughs> so now we're going to move on into our only in Florida segment where we talk about crazy stories and things that happen that are so ridiculous, so crazy that can only happen in a swampland known as Florida. This week, here is the the headline for the story from that I found. It says... Monkey, sorry, let me rephrase that. Man gets his monkey taken away after he was arrested for driving a stolen car. That's silly. Now, do you think it was the man that was driving the car or the monkey? Anything is possible, but for the story, you're probably going to guess the monkey. (laughs) It was actually the man. (laughs) In Holiday, a man was separated from his illegal pet, the capuchin, which I think that's what Marcel was in Friends. Yeah, the capuchin monkey or whatever. The little tiny thing? Yeah. I would never want a monkey as a pet. That doesn't sound like a a friendly thing. No. Always screaming and hollering and... Throwing its feces. Yeah. (laughs) Yikes. Um, So it says that the man was arrested for driving a stolen vehicle into a ditch and after he was arrested, because he did not have a permit, um, his monkey was taken away. But luckily, he was able to say goodbye before they took his monkey away. But the moral of the story, if there is one, is don't steal vehicles, kids. And don't have a monkey as a pet. <laughs> well, there's, there's that too. Um, so that was only in Florida. So now we've got an awkward segment called What is Ryan Reading or Watching This Week? So we asked the question, well, what, what was I reading? Um, I have an awesome app where I can read a bunch of comic books. And the one that I was reading recently was called Batman Nightfall, which centers around a specific event. Do you remember the movie The Dark Knight Rises? Um, was, which one was that? <laughs> that was the third one with Christian Bale. Okay, the one with... Um, with um, oh, no. With the guy, James Gordon, Josh Gordon. Well, there was a uh, t- detective, Jim Gordon. Yeah, he was in it. But you're probably no, thinking Joseph of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gordon Levitt. That's what I'm guess thinking of. Yes, he was in it. Um, but who was the main villain in that movie? Um, Bane. That's right. And he talked like um, <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> That's right. He talked just like Sean Connery. Uh, so what do you remember that Bane did in that movie? Anything... What do you remember about the movie? I remember that he like took one building hostage and Scarecrow was being like the judge and sentencing people for doing pretty much nothing. Yeah. Because he's crazy. And then um, Batman enlists the help of Robin. (laughs) Spoilers. Oops. (laughs) Um, It's almost 10 years old. It's okay now. Yeah, that's true too. And they somehow save the city, but Batman at the end like 
saves the city by taking a bomb away from. Ooh, and there's um, oh no, what's her name? Anne Hathaway. No. Oh, is Catwoman in that? Yes. <laughs> Talia. Yes, Talia, Talia Al Ghul. Nice Talia work. Al Ghul is another villain too. So, so in it, right in the middle of the movie or towards the beginning, uh, Bane breaks Batman's back. Sure. Okay. Um, so that that happens also in Batman Nightfall, where Bane breaks Bruce Wayne's back, and so he has to have someone to replace him. And he gets this random guy instead of getting um, Robin, who is now old enough to be Nightwing, and he's on his own. So instead of doing that, he gets some weird guy named John Paul, and he becomes Batman. But he had this something in his head that made him kind of a little bit more creepy and he became an avenging angel and started trying to kill people and said and that's not batman that's definitely not batman but anyways it all centers around that particular event of bane breaking batman's back and that's how those two are related ah so it's pretty cool i recommend reading it if you're interested in batman you're interested in bane and all sorts of craziness asriel is a really cool character and that's batman nightfall volumes one two and three but that's what I've been reading. Um, what what I've been watching is, well, the same thing you've been watching. And that's Somebody Feed Phil. Rachel, tell the kids at home what Somebody Feed Phil is about. Somebody Feed Phil is kind of like the second project of Phil Rosenthal, who, as it, it come, turns out, like helped create or write um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Bingo. So his first project with travel and eating around the world was I'll Have What Phil's Having, which you should totally check out, even though I saw this morning when we were watching it, only has like one and a half stars on Netflix. And I was like, what? Who's watching this and giving it one and a half stars? It has five stars in my heart. I know, right? So that's really fun. He goes to different countries and meets really cool people and tries some crazy food and learns different customs. But his second project is the Somebody Feed Phil which just came out with the second season or second part of the season, uh, July 6th or 7th, something like that. So there's new episodes on Netflix where you can watch it, and I think it's really funny because Phil's facial expressions are probably the best thing that makes it worth watching. When he eats something and he really enjoys it, he's like, come on! That's always his big thing. Oh, and his eyes just light up and he, like, he makes a face. It's so funny. What's your favorite part of the show? Um, I really like when he Skypes with his mom and dad back home. And, and they're like in their <laughs> 70s or... I would probably say later than that. Yeah, maybe, maybe like your 80s or something. But he just... He is the typical foreign traveler. He is you and me and everyone when they go to a foreign country. He has his doubts, his reservations and he just loves food as much as i do and loves travel as much as i do except he has a bank account to allow him to do so <laughs> so if you like travel shows if you like food shows and you like comedies this takes all three puts them together into something fun and awesome and there's also those heartfelt moments like the italy episode and i'll have what phil's having which we're actually in the middle of right now the italy episode is so, fantastic so good I recommend both the series. So once again, that is, I'll have what Phil's having and Somebody Feed Phil. Both are currently on Netflix. And so that moves us over into our Did You Know Fact of the Week. 
and it's all about Friday the 13th. So in 1980, the movie came out with uh, Jason Voorhees' mother, and she basically tried to kill an entire camp full of kids for treating her son badly. And then the rest of the saga of movies is about Jason, all grown up, still killing and murdering teenagers for whatever reason. We don't really have a, a an agenda anymore or a reason as to why. It just kind of happens. So not having seen those films, but knowing that about them, uh, bullying is not a cool thing to do. And as a parent, you're always your kid's role model, so be careful what you do and say. <laughs> Exactly. If you're going to murder someone, probably your son's going to as well. We don't want that to happen. So with the allegory of the, the movie um, happening around Friday the 13th, um, where do you think the superstition of Friday the 13th comes from? Um, I'm going to assume it was some kind of pagan something. Maybe a celebration by paganism and everyone that didn't understand or like paganism just made it, like twisted it and made it bad. And so people would like avoid that. From what I've been able to research, it actually stems from a, a deep-seated Christianity belief. They said that the Last Supper took place on a Friday and that there were 13 members of the Last Supper. And so the combination of those two is ultimate bad luck because of what happened to, to Jesus. Interesting. Yeah. I would have never thought about that. Neither would I have, but people have taken it. Um, some of the kings, they've done terrible things on that day, and and it caused like a chain reaction. But it wasn't until like the 19th century that people really started thinking about it, that it came into popularity. But it was always a deep-seated fear for Christians um, because of the Last Supper. That's the thing. See, I always liked Friday the 13th, but I think because of that built-up superstition, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's one of those <laughs> as-you-think-so-shall-you-be sort of yes. moments. Thank you, Dad. Like a full moon, too, where crazy stuff happens on full moons. That's only if you think about it and make it that way. I don't know. I hear some crazy stuff goes on like in hospitals when there's a full moon. So much so my mom would schedule herself so she wasn't ever working a full moon once she got enough seniority. That's crazy. So she did, She decided to take that superstition into an actual fact and try to avoid it as much as possible because sometimes things happen. I mean, from I think like about 30 years experience of working full moons in a nursery or med surge unit, she... She noticed some stuff happen go down on the full moon. So a superstition <laughs> might actually have actually have some facts behind it. Or maybe maybe there's something like how the moon controls the waves in the ocean. Maybe it somehow can affect our moods. Ooh, science, love it. Love Very science. cool. But based on Friday the Thirteenth, I don't think there's any actual science on that. Oh and no, it, I yeah. don't think so either. I think people just maybe using the excuse to act crazy. We, I also found out that there's something weird about Friday the 13th that um, Eve gave Adam the notorious apple uh, that, you know, plucked it from the garden and whatnot and, uh, on a Friday as well. I don't, I think that's baloney. I call bull, yeah. can you know what day <laughs> of the week? I don't know where you found that fact. 
And I say fact with like quotation marks. Yep. <laughs> we're going to go with it. <laughs> Not. <laughs> so what we're going to ask is what, what are you superstitious about or what weird superstitions have you heard about? You can go ahead and uh, send us an email. You can send us a comment on Facebook or Twitter and we'll talk about it in the next episode. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This episode has been brought to you by Everyday Cosplay Finds. Ever wanted to show off your favorite character or group of characters, but don't see things online that match your style? Then check out Everyday Cosplay Finds, bringing cosplay into your everyday. Go to etsy.com shop slash everyday cosplay finds for more information. And now back to our show. Now we're going to talk about uh, a different day of the week, which happens to be the day this episode comes out. Tuesday the 17th. Rachel, tell me what's so significant about Tuesday the 17th. Well, for one, you only get Tuesday the 17th after a Friday the 13th. But if you've ever watched the popular TV show Psych, one of the funnest episodes is Tuesday the 17th. So Psych is a show about a guy who has been spending his entire life... um, noticing things that his dad has done as a detective and he's always paying attention to things and he basically needed a job. So he pretended to be a psychic detective and that's been his entire career through the entire show of him being a fake psychic detective and hilarity ensues. And he also names his fake psychic detective agency psych. (laughs) As in gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) That's awesome. So we're going to talk about some cool things that happened on Tuesday the 17th, or maybe not so cool things. They say that um, on the on a 17th of the month, not necessarily Tuesday, um, the Articles of Confederation were submitted to the states for ratification. That's a thing. Also, that there was a battle of Misushima. I think that's how you pronounce that. Misushima? We're going to go with it. Misushima took place. Uh, The city of Denver was founded on the 17th of a month. Suez Canal was also inaugurated on November 17th. Uh, Also on the 17th, Richard Nixon said, I am not a crook. So maybe that may or may not be a good thing or a bad thing about the 17th. <laughs> if we move on, the Aztec calendar was discovered on a 17th. The first issue of Vogue was published on a 17th. The Wright brothers made a flight in their Wright Flyer on the 17th. And the first Atlas missile was launched on a 17th. So lots of cool things happened around a 17th. So some good, some bad, all following a Friday the 13th in theory. Or any 13th, rather, that is. Uh, So moving on to going back into the episode of Psych, it also takes place at a camp. There's a killer for Tuesday the 17th. Yes. Based on Friday the 13th, where there's a camp. And there's a killer. And there's a killer. (laughs) But what's fun is it's like a, a murder camp. So it's a camp for where adults can go away and spend the night but then there's like a live murder mystery, thriller, horror scenario going on, even though it's technically perfectly safe. And so halfway through the episode, they realize, oh, this is just a camp. 
But then it turns out something actually seriously goes wrong. And we're going to leave it at that to avoid more spoilers. Because I know that you know that I'm not telling the truth. What? I know you know that well, I'm not I telling know that's the, the truth. Theme song, but <laughs> you're telling the truth. Uh, so now we're going to move on to another fun subject to talk about. Um, a couple weeks ago, we went to an awesome place called Sea Parks. And by that, I mean Sea World. <laughs> so tell us, about, tell us about some of your favorite things that you saw at Sea World. Well, obviously, my favorite place that I could spend all day at is the Stingray Petting Pool. Why is that? Because I love putting my hand in the water up to my elbow so I can just put my hand all over the stingrays. And they're not going to hurt you or anything? No, I think they have their barb cut off. And But stingrays, if you've never touched one, it feels like wet velvet, at least to me. Or like maybe a really soft cloth underwater. And they're really cool. If you ever get a chance to also feed them, I haven't at SeaWorld yet, but you just put, usually they give you shrimp, and you put it between your fingers and then you lay it down on the bottom of the tank or whatever and the stingray will swim right over top and it like just sucks the shrimp out of your fingers it's really awesome and it's just something I've loved since I was a kid when I got to do that at one of the local aquariums that's located in Orlando next to the the manta roller coaster yes and so the manta roller coaster is one of those where you're sitting down, but all of a sudden it tilts you forward. So now you're basically resting on your chest as you're flying or swimming along on that roller coaster. So that's kind of cool if you're into roller coasters like I am. Well, one time we went to SeaWorld over in that area, and you were followed by a lot of interesting creatures. The flamingos! There was like a parade of flamingos walking around. I think they must do it daily. Yeah, we saw it the other day too. And it was like she was in the middle of Jurassic Park or something, being surrounded by all the dinosaurs as they're moving their heads around. <laughs> and I was taking pictures, and they were reacting to the shutter on my camera, and they would stop and like look at me sideways. Then I got really good shots. Because you were inches from their face. Yes. <laughs> well, and you're also a good photographer. But uh, So also, if we're moving around in that particular area, we have the turtle track which is basically them shaming humans into polluting yeah. or not polluting. Wait, shaming humans for polluting. There you go. <laughs> and trying to get you not to pollute and to recycle properly and to maybe not use plastic as much, especially plastic bags, because those get in the ocean and look like jellyfish and then the turtles eat them. And you and I have actually started recently doing something where we don't use straws if we can help it. We learned that from our time in Canada. Did we? Yes. Well, I did. <laughs> I learned all about it at one of the restaurants. They're doing their anti-straw initiative. Oh, I didn't realize this. Mm -hmm. This was not pointed out to me when we were in Canada. <laughs> so we, we find out that uh, straws, single-use plastic straws, are almost impossible to biodegrade. Yes. And so because of that, um, we have tried to not use single-use plastic straws whenever Rachel and I go out to eat or drink. Yep. Even at, like, Chick-fil-A the other day, we had 
beverages, but we did not even use a straw. We were drinking out of the cup, and we even took the cup to go and just took the lid off and avoided using the straw. I don't use straws or try not to use straws anymore because I saw a video where they pulled one out of the sea turtle's nose. Yikes. And that made me really sad. You sure it wasn't just trying to like breathe above air like you see in those movies with the, the straws above? I wish, but like it was trying sadly, to no. scuba dive or snorkel or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> Snorkeling turtle. That sounds like a really awesome name for a band, by the way. Speaking of like turtle, that makes me think of the TV show for little kids called Franklin. Sure, where there's a giant anthropomorphic turtle walking around. And he's got like a hat and a and a scarf or I used ascot. I love that show. That show is cute. Hey, it's Franklin coming into your house. Wow, I did. I used to watch that show, but not as much as Ryan did, apparently. I memorized theme songs from when I used to watch shows. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a thing. If you so back to SeaWorld, if you continue to move around their area, I believe the next thing you run into is the the dolphin show. Yeah, there's dolphin shows over there. They just had like the mostly what is it? The bottleneck dolphins in their show, and then they also have some macaws that fly around, which is kind of cool. They have some fun music, and it's all about things that they do in their natural environment. Yeah, you get to see them do. Sh- uh, jumping and and tail waving and they spin and that's where the trainers actually get in the water with those now still this is pretty cool and if you continue moving along you get into the shark exhibit that is pretty cool i always like the shark tunnel because you you're on like the conveyor belt that's going like really slow probably especially since it has a lot of people on it and you say shark bubble you, you're you're in your own little underwater bridge sort of thing, and you can see... Um, it's a tunnel. It's, it's a tunnel, about 180 degrees. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say 180 degrees, and it has, like, the... Um, I would say nurse sharks and... Is it nurse sharks or nerve sharks? I always get that. I think really it's confused. nurse sharks. Whatever, nurse sharks, and they have, the like, the black tip sharks and the white tip sharks. I think there's the one with, the, it's like, the saw nose. Okay, and there's also probably a hammerhead. I have not seen a hammerhead in no? there. No? I've seen a hammerhead in the, the small pool that's right outside, outside the baby hammerheads. Although I don't know what they do when they get big because I've not seen a hammerhead in there. I think hammerheads are too aggressive Okay. when they get older. I think that's why. Also in that area is the Mako roller coaster, which if you sit in, you might get a little bit of air in your seat because of all of the big humps that it does while you're moving along. Yeah, I think it goes up to like 60 or 70 miles per hour, and it's the longest and then the tallest. But I really don't know if that's just for Florida or the United States. Well, it probably was the longest and tallest in Florida at that particular point. We don't know what tomorrow brings. That's true. So we also move along in that area. Um, there's the, the, the needle, the tower thing. Yep, they have the big tower, which I think now you have to pay for at this moment. I think it was $3 last time we checked on it. I'm hoping that's a summer thing. Maybe once attendance drops after the summer rush, maybe it won't be. Because that's pretty cool, because if you've never been up on that, you get to see for a while. And it goes all the way up to the top, and it slowly spins as you're going up. And then once you're at the top, it I think it does one full revolution, and then you go down. And you can see... 
pretty much to the edge of Disney property and Universal property from all the way up there. Yep, and I bet you can see the Orlando Eye, too. Oh, probably. I, I don't remember the last time I went on that thing. I do. It was like a couple of years ago when we had that fun pass. Right on. Now we've got these awesome annual passes because we lucked out on a pretty sweet deal. Uh, also in that area, if you continue going along, um, there's the the seals. They had the seals over there. We saw a bunch of baby seals. Yeah, they were cute. But I, I don't know. The seals are cute, but they're kind of boring to me. I've never been a huge seal fan. Oh, well, I do like Kiss by a Rose. That's a pretty good seal song. <laughs> uh, if you also continue along in the area, um, they had the Atlantis, which was a fun ride. The Kraken, which is a pretty intense roller coaster. But now it's kind of got these weird augmented reality glasses when you're going around on it. You have, have you ridden that? Not since they had the augmented glasses on it. I think it's like an optional thing. Like you don't have to wear it. Oh, I hope so. It enhances the experience. Or detracts from the experience, however you like to look at it. That's so true. Whatever your experience may be. But over in that area too is the Antarctic thing where you get to see the penguins. And they have a ride attraction there that it at first before I've ever ridden it, I was like, What do you mean wild or mild? So you <laughs> How have two wild options. king of this get. It's a it's a little like a spinning raft thing on air, like a little hovercraft thing. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of what did I say? I don't know, like kind of like a little bumper boat, but you're not bumping into anything. You're on, you're on quote unquote ice. But I would say, just do the wild side unless you have some kind of medical issue. Because all it does is spin you around a tiny bit. Yeah, it's like teacups are worse. Yeah, I think teacups are worse. It feels like dancing and like you're twirling. In your little motor vehicle or whatever. There's lots of lights and stuff, and it takes you into the penguin exhibit. Yeah, it's really cool. And then when you get to the penguin exhibit, it's freezing. So in line, you think you're cold because they're trying to make it like the Antarctic. But then you get to the actual penguin exhibit, and it's even colder than that. Which is not fun. But penguins are cool. Penguins are cool. That's funny. Cool. Get <laughs> and it. cold. Nice. Love it. <laughs> Just the way they like it. And so that's the Antarctic area. If you continue going around and around, you, you finally get to the Shamu Whale Show area. Yep, Shamu Show. That was pretty cool. I mean, it's not as exciting as it used to be, but understandable. I mean, I think also with wild animals, you probably shouldn't be like exacerbating the interaction between them just for attraction. That's what Jurassic Park was all about. Yeah, and there's five movies of how Jurassic Park fails. Someone needs to get a new business plan. Yeah, you don't want to bring dinosaurs back to life or interact with dangerous creatures as much as you can. Although I take that back. I haven't seen the fifth movie, so who knows what exactly that plot is. It might not be them trying to make a Jurassic Park, but then at that point, why are they naming it Jurassic Park? So let's... Let's create let's our not, own. Let's not go down this path. So not seeing the movie, if you were to create a sequel to Jurassic World, uh, what would your sequel look like? No humans there at all. And we just have cameras everywhere and just watch them like real so, world. So it's like paranormal activity, but with uh, dinosaurs? <laughs> it's like those kids. 
cameras that you can watch like the eagles nesting out in the wilderness. Well, I'm sure they'll be willing to pay three million or thirty million, hundred million in so order to make that. So you can have your that. dino subscription to watch the different dinosaurs. So, so <laughs> if I get this right, Jur- Jurassic World Two should just be a YouTube channel where you can just look on their live cam at all times. Sure, but more like a Netflix YouTube channel. Okay. Where you have to pay or subscribe. Ooh. I like it. You pay $1,000 a month in order to watch dinosaurs. Holy crap. Who's going to pay $1,000 a month? Someone who wants to see dinosaurs interacting or tearing up a shop. Better be some really good footage. (laughs) Yeah, with all the cameras that they probably would have to place in that, that's why it would probably cost $1,000. Oh, well, I guess, well, they'd have sponsors. Maybe, like, when it's feeding time, they would have <laughs> brought to you by Pandora. <laughs> or, uh, or like, Verizon Wireless presents the feeding of the T-Rex. <laughs> Just as long as it's not, like, sponsored by a food company, because that would be kind of sickening. Oh, yeah, like, like Pep- PepsiCo, and then they accidentally eat the camera. And, it... and they're like, Taco Bell! <laughs> <laughs> So that would be our sequel for the <laughs> Jurassic World series. And back to our regularly scheduled program of SeaWorld. We have uh, over there, there's also by the uh, Shamu area is the Arctic thing. Oh, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> take the walking path. <laughs> so there's two, two routes. You can take the walking path or you can take the helicopter. The helicopter ride jerks you around more than Star Tours ever had thought it could. It's rough. Yes. Yes, it is. Just think about, like, being on an elephant that doesn't want you on its back, but you're not going anywhere. It's bad. It's rough. So always take the walking path. But then you can see, like, belugas and... And more seals. And the walrus. That poor thing looks really bored. It just keeps on doing circles. It like was diving and likes to push itself off of the ice. It was doing laps. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, gotta gotta get in your exercise, right? Exactly. And then to tap to top things off, there was the um, the electric ocean uh, event, the the final fireworks, the summertime show. Is I think it's really called cool. Ignite. Electric Ocean is what it's called. So then, what's Ignite? They kept on saying Ignite. I thought Ignite is like one of, I think they have a nighttime Shamu show and I think that's the the Ignite. Because they have nighttime special shows for I think the Dolphin and the Shamu show that are different than the regular daytime shows. Right on. So the nighttime fireworks were awesome. Yeah, Electric Ocean. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I really liked the dance party down um on the floor before the show, they have like a big dance party with puppeteers that have like sea turtles and jellyfish and I think other fish. And they're giants, so they're they're like six feet long and stuff. Yeah, they're really cool, and they were posing with people. And the DJ is really fun too. I mean, I was sitting in my seat because I'd worked all week at work, and I was bebopping to the music. But if I had more energy, I'd probably be down on the dance floor. It's not the the best um, fireworks show in town, but it still is pretty cool. I liked it. There's lots of fire in the works. I dug it. It was pretty cool. (laughs) So now what we're going to do is we're going to do a little quiz because sometimes we do that. um, All about what 
sea creature are you? Um, so we're going to have Rachel answer a couple of questions, and we'll see what she got. I hope I get a good one. That should be awesome. Let's click on this link right here. Sea creature. I think if I was a sea creature, I would want to be probably a dolphin. I feel like dolphins are pretty cool because they can swim really fast, and you can attack a shark to keep them away. And echolocation, I mean, you can find things in the dark. That'd be pretty cool. So we're going to answer some questions right now and see which ones you are. The first question, are you a male or female? I, I'm a female. It says, are you uncertain or both? Or We're going to check female sounds good. That's too many options. That's the problem with some <laughs> things nowadays. There's just too many options. So are you a thinker, peacekeeper, leader, follower, or fighter? I think I'm too much of a thinker because I'm definitely an overthinker. We'll go with it. Um, pick a hobby. Partying, sports, sunbathing, pets, playing an instrument, reading, yoga. Oh, God. None of those work for me. I guess I read. We'll go with reading. Going with reading. Um, what's your? What do you value above anything else? Friends, love, truth, power, loyalty, wealth. Love. The power of love. Yeah. Huey Lewis in the news. Pick a Disney character. Okay. King Fergus, Captain Hook, Hercules, Pocahontas, Jasmine, Mulan. Um, hands down Mulan, but who is King Fergus? I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Okay. <laughs> um, are you an extrovert, tired of labels, or introvert? <laughs> I'm so an introvert. <laughs> I am not. I am the exact opposite. Would you describe your home as comfortable, stylish, messy, organized, minimalist, or trendy? I'm going to go with comfortable. Right on. I always feel comfortable in my home. Coming on to this next question, describe your style. Rugged and outdoorsy. Uh, comfortable and warm, just like you said the house was. Fashionable and trendy. Unique and original. Classic and safe. Or daring and outrageous? Um, gosh. I guess I'm comfortable and warm, too. I dig it. Wow, Co I kind of sound boring, two. don't I? <laughs> well, you sound comfortable. I dig it. I don't care what no one else thinks. So your ideal dinner would be five courses in a posh restaurant, gummy bears, something spicy, anything as long as someone else is paying, a simple homemade meal, something hearty in a cozy pub, or something you've never tried before. We're going with a homemade meal because there's nothing better. And with that, we get to find our uh, final cal calculations. And it ah! says, you're a humpback whale. I'm so cool. What's the description? You are wise beyond your years. You are jovial and wordly. Slow to anger. You are far more <laughs> likely to <laughs> express joy than distaste. You are well-traveled. You have many acquaintances but those you consider friends are treated more like family. That is so true. Now, when I took this quiz, it said I was a seal. I'm cool, like real cool. Just as comfortable in crowds or on your own, you can just as easily be the life of a party or play it safe on the sidelines. You work hard, play harder, but enjoy taking time to relax. That's, that's me. That is you in a nutshell. So you're a humpback whale and I'm a seal. Yes, yes, I am. We can go on adventures. We sure can. We at least live in the same ocean. That's pretty cool. Most likely. Isn't it all one big ocean anyways? 
Sure. Because you've totally seen that picture where the oceans meet and they just don't mix. <laughs> so uh, on that awkward note, it looks like we're coming down towards the end of our episode. If you've got any uh, questions, comments, or anything you want to do, there is email. Did you know Ryan O at gmail.com? That's what it is. Did you know Ryan O at gmail.com? Twitter at Did you know Ryan O? And the Facebook page Did you know with Ryan O? Uh, anything else you'd like to uh, to say, girly? Um, just if you get a chance to just go explore, even if you don't get a chance to come to Orlando, you should go explore your own city. Like they might have an aquarium or zoo or museum. It's always fun to learn something or experience something new right on i fully support that and that's all we have for this episode remember find your awesome hold on to it and share it with the world i'm ryan o i'll see you next time